Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is thinking that with the coronavirus out and about, Netflix might actually win this war. Um, I am Tosin and I am the host based up in Coventry near the Midlands or the other way around. I always get that wrong. And joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sean. Hello there. Ah, switched it up this week. And Sharon. <laughs> Hello. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing well, staying away, washing your hands, all that stuff. Yes. Are you doing the happy birthday twice or are you doing baby shark three times? Okay, now this is something I have no idea about. What is this? As I say, you can time how long it takes you need to wash your hands by either singing happy birthday twice or you can do like baby shark three times, I think. That so, is the same thing, 20 seconds. Oh, is yeah. it, is <laughs> baby shark, baby shark, I'm confused. Baby shark. Yeah, you what's... know baby shark. Oh, baby shark. If I know baby shark, you know baby shark. I probably do know baby shark. Do you I'm know sure. baby shark, Tosin? I do. I do know baby shark. Do 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 do. Baby shark. Do 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 do. Baby shark. Do 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 do. And it goes on forever. There's like set ten verses. I know. My niece sang them all to me once. Really? And I was going, oh, that's nice. That's nice. How many more verses? No, even that. You have. It's like. You, you also have different versions. So the one that became most famous was the one that I think was made in Korea that um, that goes baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark. And then there's another one that's actually that's okay, let's keep this on track. There's one that's on Amazon that goes baby shark do 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 baby shark. But yeah, essentially. Oh, a bit more syncopated. A bit, yeah, a bit more, yeah. So it's 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 kind of like it's weird. I did not realize that there were different versions, but it's one of those things that came up, just uh, took over the world. And I think for most parents, like you know, you know, was a scourge of their lives for at least a couple of months. Yeah. So <laughs> once you hear it, it, you can't unhear it. I have to say. Yeah. So I was thinking. So I uh, I didn't hear that whole thing about washing your hands with baby shark. Yeah, I think you can it you can time it with a baby shark. Ah, did not know that. Did not know that. Learned you see, we're educational. We learn something new every day. Yeah. So so with me, uh, I'm just washing them as and when, and um, every now and then becoming really conscious of the fact that I I'm subconsciously touching my face. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a I'm a face toucher. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've never been because I always know it gets through the tear ducts. So I've never, never tried. Oh, I mean, I tell a lie. There are times when I have done it, but yeah. I don't try, try. As soon as I feel myself going near my eyes, I'm like, whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm one of these people that who always gets dry eyes. So I'm always, I'm always having to sort of scratch my my, my eyes. So I am one of these people who's this. Whoever's going to get it, I'm going to get it. I can almost guarantee that I'm going to get it at some well, point. Well, maybe. <laughs> it's just. It's I, just... I, I, I wash my hands. I do the stuff. I just. I'm just. Carrying on as normal. Yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah. Well, but I am a bit, you know, I mean, they start, they just said, I was listening on the news because I've only just got a sergeant to do something. They, they've um, stopped all school trips now. And okay. there was, there was a, this, our school I'm at, they were going to go to, on Athens, to Athens on Monday. Oh, so I, I bet they're disappointed they then. Well, they well I, don't, I don't know yeah. what happened. I think it's just advice. I mean, it's, so, what's your um, area like, Tosin? Are you, I know there's, there are cases now on the Isle of Wight, but. Not many. Are you in an area where there are cases of coronavirus? There are some cases that have been said in the hospital. There, there, there are some cases. Obviously, with my wife being a doctor, uh, it, it's kind of one of these things that I that I I hear when it's like, oh, whoop, we got something. But even in the hospital, it's kind of like it's sort of like you know scuttlebutt that oh, we've got somebody here, but nobody knows. Well, apart from the people who are treating the person, I, nobody knows where they are. Yeah. So, it's... I don't. I don't think this. I don't think. I mean, I don't want to be a scaremonger or anything, but I reckon it's a lot more serious than what they're making out. Because I mean, it seems some of the stuff that's going on in some of these countries. Well, I think it's like that film, The Crazies. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? You ever yeah, seen The Crazies, yeah. and it was remade as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the George Romero one. I was, and the what I was thinking of when they were saying about so, oh, it's going to be it might be zombie Holocaust, might be what I was wondering. Well, I think it's okay. So. I think the main problem is that there is no plan for it. That's that's what the problem is at the moment. That there's there's no plan, there is no medicine, there's nothing to deal with it, and that's what's causing all the panic because it's kind of like we it's 
because the the effects itself i think for it, it is it seems to be deadly for a certain demographic so essentially if you're older with underlying health issues then it looks like it's quite bad yeah yeah um but the the so I expect they make a movie about it, don't you? Oh, they're they're, they're going to. Oh, did you hear the news about? Con- <laughs> did you hear the news about Contagion, the film, the Steven Soderbergh movie Contagion? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about it. So, ever since this, they're cons- going to show it. No, no, no. Ever since the coronavirus thing has broken out, Contagion has shot up the charts on the iTunes movie thing, and essentially loads of people <laughs> are watching this film because it because <laughs> the story of contagion is about a virus that starts off somewhere in southeast asia then gets passed onto humans through animals which is the way they thought the coronavirus started up and then just so sort of like spreads and the 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 route that it takes in contagion people are like oh my god this is very very similar to to corona and the, <laughs> the only difference the only difference is that the like um contagion the virus in contagion is a lot more is a lot deadlier so it's, but essentially the whole world goes on lockdown in the film for like eight months, which and when you look at the world, you're like, okay, yeah. was this film like prophetic? And also, the, <laughs> and another thing, there was, uh, the, you know, the, you know, the author Dean Koontz. Yeah. So Dean Koontz wrote a book in the 80s called The Eyes of Darkness, I believe it was called in which there is a virus where in the second edition of the book this this virus was named the Wuhan 400 virus and, <laughs> and it starts off in Wuhan and travels around the world and all that sort of stuff uh, it, it is just kind of like and it's it, and apparently the, this book has been like oh my god it's become like a big thing on social media people saying ah, what did Dean Koontz know what has he been talking about <laughs> So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it that is that is well, you know, stereotypical people just blowing something up at all. But it is it, it it's funny because I feel like we're at this point with this where people are still okay joking about it, but it's that it's beginning to be tinged with this with this edge of oh my god, this is getting serious. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but uh, but but yeah, but the way and it's affecting everything. And we were talking earlier about how we've seen quite a few films this week, but we're going to keep it to th- to three rounds. So three rounds of Netflix uh, versus cinema, because um, films that were supposed to be released in the next couple of weeks are kind of dropping like flies, and they're getting pushed back because of the coronavirus. So if I look down on the Empire website and let's have a look, Peter Rabbit, the Peter Rabbit sequel, has been pushed back. Sharon, I'm sure that you are devastated. <laughs> Peter Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna struggle to get over that one. Yeah, uh, a quiet place. A quiet place two has been pushed back. Um, Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, yeah. Fast and Furious nine. Oh, right, that's that's all right. That can be pushed. <laughs> Fast and Furious can be pushed back for hours. Yeah, you see, you see, that can be pushed back into next week. Uh, it is of of equal opportunities, short. Uh, like you know, I I knew that Sharon would Sharon wouldn't care about Peter Rabbit, and I so I thought I'd bring something up that you wouldn't care about either. Fast and Furious. <laughs> no, thanks, mate. Thanks. We'd like to share it out. That's that's what we like. A bit of fairness. Fast and Furious has been like pushed. That has been pushed all the way to next year to april 2021 and um and obviously the one that kicked it all off no time to die bond has been pushed down all the way back to november so essentially the way this this is going and the way like you know it's affecting sports and all that it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they will say okay cinemas have to close people anywhere yeah. where people gather yeah. close and this is why I was saying that I think Netflix might be winning this war because Netflix is like, oh, are you self-isolating? Don't worry, we've got you. <laughs> There'll be a lot of lot of series being binge-watched. Yes. Yeah, there will be. And I actually Go reckon... Go through the whole lot of Game of Thrones again. Yeah, and you know, I actually, I actually reckon that what's also going to happen is that some of these films that have been scheduled to be going in the cinema soon will probably never show up in cinema and show up on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that instead. Yeah, yeah they'll migrate... They'll they'll migrate because it's just going to be too much of a it's going to be too much of a financial burden to have spent all that money on that film and they need to start recouping it at some point. I reckon that so Netflix I think is going to be coming in with some low balling offers going so a quiet place too huh <laughs> make it a Netflix exclusive <laughs> make it a Netflix original I I reckon that the which which would be a shame but as everybody as is the mantra for everybody now there are more important things in life. Yes. I mean, sometimes we don't 
I don't really think we think about it. I, I don't. I, you know, sometimes I look at the three of us, and I'm not so sure that we agree on that, but we have to say it. There are more important things in life. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, now Indeed. let's let's get okay. on to films. Let's get on to films. The ones that we've managed to watch um uh coronavirus whether or not. And the good thing about this podcast is that we can carry on even whatever happens uh, because hey, I'm not around you guys now. So whatever I have, you're not catching. You guys might be catching stuff off each other, yeah. but <laughs> But yeah, we're not in a vulnerable group. No. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Now, so let's kick off with Sean. You've seen, as usual, everything, and you wanted to have a quick rant about something you saw called Sacrilege in the Cinema. So this is a Sac- section sacrilege, yeah. sec- section of the show that we call Also Rants, where it's films that we're not going to put into the main rounds. They didn't make it to the big dance. But anyway, we want to say a little bit of something about it. And Sean, it sounds like you have a bee in your bonnet about this film. Yeah, this is um, what I would say about this film. This 2020, so it's this year. It's like, um, it's really, I, I think it's supposed to be like an independent horror British film. And obviously, whoever saw it, it was like Midsommar. So it's this bunch of girls, basically, that decide to have a girly weekend in this house. And they they meet this young, doody hitchhiker who says, oh, there's like a festival here. It's like a festival, a bit wickery managed. <laughs> anyway, they go and they, they find some, some cannabis and some, some whatever and that. And, and then they have to write their fears on this piece of paper. They throw it in the fire. Oh, that's never a good idea. Never a good idea. And this woman says to him, you need to go. Now, if someone says to you, you need to go, and then she says to him, no, I can't do that. Spoiler. But yeah, no, that's not really a spoiler. It goes, oh, you're stronger together. Right, okay. Anyway, they think that because they've been partying, that it's, it's all right. Anyway. And then they all go off in their different directions, you know, and, and some things happen to them, and they all run around screaming and stuff oh. like that. And it's a bit, it's a bit girl powery with, um, with uh, you know, sort of with girls liking girls sort of thing. So it's the girls. I, I, I should think. Oh, it's okay, probably, cool. So it's, it's, it's kind of yeah, like a, so, a, a so feminist, know, a feminist take yeah. on that whole thing. A feminist take on yeah, that. Feminist genre. Take on, yeah. So I'm sat there on my own, you know, because well, I just sort of popped in after work to yeah. see like that, and there's this things going on, and I'm thinking, oh, well, I mean, lucky enough, there wasn't many people, and I think there was two girls in there. Yeah. But you know, so. Yeah, um, I, I think it was trying to be something more than what it was. So, just all I'm going to say about this is probably probably not worth the watch. Well, yeah, I mean, it might be for some people. Might it might be worth the watch? Uh, I think it was trying. It was something trying not to be. And if I could have me two minute spoiler rant, I could just say all the things that is like <laughs> so bad. And I would say with horror films, if someone tells you to get the hell out of there and stay together. I'd get the hell out of there and stay yeah, together. Not go on my own somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, not go off, not wander off. And like, oh, I'm just going to go. And, I will watch you through the window. Just, you know, just I'll watch you through. I'll make sure I won't be away from you. Just but, go, you know, but, I'll but, make sure you're all right. But, Trying to find. But but if we did know. that, how how would it be a horror film? If they, if we did that, how would anybody get killed? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, yeah, like, people I, I, did I mean, not. I know. When I do finally toast, and I need we need to do a side thing where I can do my spoiler rant. I need to, I need to, I do need to do that because I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Sean. Just get your phone out, record it, send it to me. We'll make a whole series about Sean's spoiler okay. rants. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. brilliant. Okay, cool. So okay. that so that that is sacrilege. That is sacrilege. That's uh, sacrilege. It, it's. It, Ooh, ooh, no, there's a pun in there that I cannot, I cannot be bothered. <laughs> no, okay. Right, let's get on to the main, main course. This, this film is like, oh, by the way, I'll just say, I watched The Invisible Man. Yeah. I watched The Invisible Man, and I see a lot of the things that you were complaining about, Sean. Some of them I don't think were warranted. <laughs> right, like, okay, like fair the, enough. Like the bits you were talking about, um, the car going for miles and someone getting there before you. I think that there was, yeah, yeah I think they, they make it clear that the other person also had a car. But um, but did they make that clear? I didn't spot that then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, they did. Uh, oh, but the other person was using a car as well. And um, but the the one the thing you said about the paint and seeing as we're talking about a film called The Invisible Man, I'm guess I'm sure people can yeah. figure out what we're talking about. There's a scene that involves paint, yeah. and I yeah, yeah. It's it's one. You of agree those, on that one? Yeah, I, I agree. I've spoken to people about this. I've spoken to people about this, and you know, a yeah. sinks a sinks not just going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, even, even if it's water soluble, it's still a bit of a stretch. It's, it's, it's still a bit of a stretch. And it, you obviously liked it then, Toes, and I'm getting the, I'm getting the feeling. You obviously quite enjoyed this. I, the thing is, I think I, I actually agree with you. I think it started really well, and I, I think it could have been something quite good. 
it could have been where it starts and where you're going and i'm thinking like the whole idea of what they what yeah you know when it is when they use horrors and they use horrors to sort yeah. to sort of examine modern day fears like how um yeah. how like you know the night of the living dead is actually a film about you know people being zombified or day of the dead mm-hmm. especially about like the the zombifying effects of consumerism which people might think i thought it was just a horror yeah, film yeah. with zombies in it but no there's there's something in there oh no they're all layers yeah, yeah yeah like get out is really about the fears of black people in america about their identities being taken over and like their their, their things being taken over that those sort of things i mean us has a similar thing of jordan peele is really really good at doing this and that's also bloomhouse who made in, in invisible man and it starts mm-hmm. out as a less subtle examination of what do we look about when it comes to abusive relationships nowadays? Which is which is obviously in the Me Too era with things like having Weinstein, mm. people are, people abusing power. It starts off with, where it it, were, it could have been really something good along those lines, but it does degenerate into it does degenerate into a a kind of like almost stalker movie. Yes, yeah, stalker action thriller movie. And so, That's it. And where, where it kind of ends up, there's a film by starring Jennifer Lopez, which was made in the early noughties, called Enough. And it kind of ends up pretty much having the same storyline as Enough, which, uh, yeah, which was very kind of like, uh, okay, and has a, you know, has a problematic ending, which I guess some people would say, well, the, based on what happened to her at the beginning of the film, that was kind of like the only way she could have a life, the way the film mm-hmm. ends. Uh, but yeah. but it's still a bit problematic. <laughs> yeah. What about what about the phasing in and what about the phasing in and phasing out and the action sequence? In the action sequence, I think that and I think that they, I think that that's actually done pretty well. And this is the lit, this is a oh, bit. Tozin, I'm disappointed. A man of your uh, intelligence. Yeah, no, but because Sean, you know, the way you made it sound, you made it sound as if she was the only one who could see him phasing in and phasing out. But all oh, right, okay, yeah, point taken. Yeah, that, that's the way you made it, but that isn't the case. That isn't but, the... but, but no, but every time every time someone came in, every time someone new came in, he wasn't phasing, and they're like looking around, looking around. Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Oh ah. no, 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 no! That's that's not what happened, because because you mentioned it, I was I was focusing on that to see exactly what was happening. But no, it didn't happen like that. There were sometimes when they they like they, they some people would show up and they would see it and they'd be like, "What the hell?" Then he would disappear and then he would hit them. So well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I disagree with you on that. I think that it was just like you know, that it would have happened more and more. Everything was too convenient when it was phasing in and out. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's two guards that come in, and it hasn't phased out, and they've stood around for a couple of minutes, and then all of a sudden, well, in fact, I think the first two. Well, yeah, yeah, the first two. And then when the, the when when the, the others come in, that's when it's like, oh, oh. The the first two, yeah, but then the other words, but anyway, it's it's a it's a glitchy thing. Besides, Sean, if we didn't have this, how would we have a horror movie with a bad guy with a blah 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 blah? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, fair dues. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, there's there's other stuff that we can talk about that's a bit more spoilerific. Yeah. But I would agree with you. I think it's a three out of five. Um, three, yeah. I think it's a three out of five. But uh, but I think some of the things that annoyed you didn't annoy me as much. Some of the things I totally agree with. So, okay. right, let's go to this week. Now, this week, we're going to kick off with uh, something that in, well, in true Netflix cinema style, I am the only one who's seen it. This is an animated film, and therefore, Sharon has run, sh- Sharon has taken more care to avoid this film than she has to avoid the coronavirus. Let's put it that way. Yep, I've been singing Baby Shark for about two and a half hours for that one. <laughs> She'd rather do that, yeah, just to, just to avoid this film. Uh, this is this is a film <laughs> called Onward, Onward, and it is the new Pixar movie. Now, it's a film that um, I'm a I'm a big Pixar fan. I'm a big Disney fan. I mean, those these sort of things have been made for me ever since Toy Story. I'm like, yeah, this is my world. I love Pixar. I think they are master storytellers. They've had a couple of bits where I feel like the initial hit rate was just so hard and so good. I mean, culminating Toy Story three, which is just a master class of a film that if they were going to have a dip. I mean, I don't think you can stay that high. I mean, everybody look at Liverpool nowadays. You can't stay as high as that for, for so long. You're going to have a dip at some point. And now with Onward, everybody's been saying, oh, they're back. It's good, all that sort of stuff. And it's pretty, pretty cool. It's one of these high concept things that they tend to do where the whole idea is, you know how, uh, you know how when you watch a film like, let's say, um, The King or Braveheart or Gladiator, it's kind of like looking at uh, sort of 
an olden times medieval Roman Empire version of our world, which eventually sort of like, uh, what's the word, develops and becomes the world we have now with technology and phones and cars and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the central idea of this is like, imagine a fantasy world, like imagine Middle Earth. But imagine if Middle Earth kept developing and eventually developed technology and all that sort of stuff. So, okay. so in this world, you have your elves, you have your magicians, you have your unicorns, your centaurs, you, you've got your pixies, you've got fairies, you've got <laughs> essentially think about every single thing you could have in a fantasy world. It's like imagine if you're in a World of Warcraft video game. It's you've in, got is, that, is that the trailer with those unicorns? Yes, is the is one that the with, same film. Yeah, there's, it's, there's it's a trailer. I'm seeing. Remember with or, with, or I see, with the uni- clip with some unicorns going through the trash. Or something. Exactly. Yeah, that, this is that film. This is that film. So the whole idea oh. is that, and they have this whole thing at the beginning of the world. Say like, you know, in the world there used to be magic, and magic was everywhere. And then they went, but magic was too hard. So somebody, just, somebody invented technology, and then they forgot about magic. So, so the whole I, so you have this world full of elves, full of all these things, but they're all driving cars around and they're on their mobile phones and all. But they, they, but nobody uses magic anymore. And they, they have this whole thing about centaurs, where you have two brothers, and one of them is like a historian almost. He's always playing this game, which is like Dungeons and Dragons. Only thing that in their world, it's not fantasy; it's based on ancient history. So you're playing a game based on ancient history, a bit like if someone was playing Risk or something. And he, he's mm-hmm. talking about how, do you know that in the past we had centaurs and centaurs didn't need to drive cars. They could run at 75 miles an hour. But nowadays, centaurs don't do that anymore. They've forgotten who they are. There's, that, there's this whole, uh, quite, I think it's clever. I quite like it. That it's sort of running through the whole film of a world that's forgotten what it has because technology has taken over. And because technology does this, we don't have to do the things that we used to do, which has very, very obvious sort of like, you know, allegories for the world that we live in now. Uh, but this, and it, but the the story that they put into this world is that there's these two brothers. Their dad died when they were quite young. Uh, one of them never actually met his dad, and it turns out that on his 16th birthday, his dad had found a magic staff and given them a a, a a spell. And if they cast this spell, he he gets to come back for one day. He gets to come back for one day, and he gets to and they get to actually meet his meet the uh, hang out with their dad. And the one who never met his dad gets to actually sort of meet meet this person that he's heard so much about for 16 years and they but but the problem is because no one's done magic for so long they're out of it so when they try and cast the spell something goes wrong and only half of their dad shows up so for most of these films you have this sort of you have this sort of weekend at bernie's thing where you have legs walking around with no top and the, it turns into the, then it turns into a quest movie where they have to go on a quest to find another stone. And when they find the other stone, they can finish casting the spell, and then they can get the rest of the day with their dad. So the two brothers head off on this quest, and it's I, I feel I think this film is delightful. I think it is delightful. It is knowing about the whole thing of when you have a fantasy quest movie, but it's like what happens if you put a fantasy quest, but instead of having all this. Um, you know the olds are you must go to the gate of your your order and when you go to the gate you will ask this person this thing and then that will happen but now you're doing it and you're driving in a van you're driving in a beat up old van and <laughs> one of them is talking about oh we must go to the manticore's cavern because at the manticore's cavern we will find that it is a place of magic and wonder and he opens up the door and it's been turned into a tgi fridays or something like that oh. <laughs> <laughs> but i think the film is in the best in the best pixar style it is very very moving and it because it's a quest movie it obviously has one of these final battles and i love the fact that they've sort of updated what a fantasy movie would look like but in today's world it, there's a little bit of like a goonies kind of feel about it like you know we'll go from this place to that place solve this puzzle do that thing but it has one of those finals battles that is actually exhilarating to watch that they've seeded things throughout the film so one of the brothers ends up being quite good at magic and he finds out things about different spells he can use at different points of the as the film is going on and in the final battle, they make it's not one of these things where, like Sean, I know you you would hate this in final battles where all of a sudden this thing comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden something that you haven't seen the whole film is just it's like oh we've got this now we've got the magic gun and boom yay we won. <laughs> it isn't one of those things. They use all the things that they've shown you throughout the film, and that's what they use in the final battle. I love the way they do it. I love the fact that it's it's really a two quest because the boys go off on a quest and then their mum follows them on the quest and then their mum ends up forming a double act with the manticore which is and the manticore 
is kind of like a dragon lion scorpion cross who is voiced by Octavia oh. yeah who's voiced by Octavia Spencer and she is brilliant she is brilliant because she's she is like saying, "Oh, I've forgotten who I am. Uh, I need to find out. Uh, I need to get back to the the heart of who who I am." And it's it's just so. I feel like there's layers to this film that even that I don't get that would mean something to other people. But I love the film. I'll give it a four out of five. I think Pixar. Oh wow! Yeah, Pixar. Pixar did really really well. And Sharon, I know you let yourself one one at watch one animated film per year. This, yeah. I I feel if somebody was going to try and curate something and design something for you. This would be it. So please, (laughs) please, I think it would speak to the geek in you. It would speak to the fantasy nerd in you. And there's probably things you're going to get that I'll be like, what? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a reference to Robert E. Howard or something like that. But (laughs) (laughs) but um, but yeah, uh, I would say if you I know you're going to watch one animated film this year, fight for people to drag you along to this one. Okay. <laughs> That's all I would say. All right, cool. That is my time up for Onward. I would give that four out of five. And now oh, good. we go over to a film that has been waiting. It has been waiting patiently in the wings for for, for what for feels like weeks now to actually be spoken yeah. about. It's been like, oh, please talk about me, please. This is something that you saw. Was it Netflix or Amazon, Sharon? This was a Netflix film. It's a Netflix film, and it's called Kursk, The Final Mission. Now, when yes. I when I hear that title and knowing your sort of predilections, it makes me think that this might be a war movie, maybe World War Two movie. But tell me, am I right? Or am I wrong? No, it isn't actually. Um, it's based on some true. No, it's not a war film. It's based on some true events. The Kursk is a Russian submarine. Oh yeah. And it's based on the true events that I remember this being in the news, and there's some scenes in the film oh. that. I think they recreated from the news footage brilliantly. It just recreated that some of the scenes. But basically, it's um, there was some uh, Russians were doing some of their annual exercises in the North Sea with their fleet, and they had their all their submarines out there, and they had all their warships. And it was supposed to be hush hush, but you know the way things, everything is hush hush. NATO are monitoring it, and you know people all around the world knew that the Russians were doing their annual, you know. Um, deep sea exercises and then one day on the Kursk there was this an error happened in loading one of the torpedoes and there was a massive explosion and it it basically destroyed sort of 60% of the submarine Mm -hmm. and the the Kursk was basically plunged to the bottom of the sea with but there was a few compartments where there were a number of um, survivors and the the Russians basically, even though sort of NATO said, we've picked up this explosion, do you need any help? What's going on? They're like, no, everything's under control. And they send this basically the submarine to go down and see if they can rescue the people left on the curse. And the submarine, the two the two um the two locks wouldn't weren't um compatible. Mm-hmm. The submarine hadn't been used for twenty odd years, this rescue sub. Yeah. Basically they kept trying to dock it to the submarine and it nothing was happening it just wouldn't dock because it was just incompatible and um then the families were told hey there's something going on but none of the government or none of the the the, the, the military top brass would actually admit that there'd been a problem but rumors start to circulate that there was something was going on yeah and so you have this sort of three-handed you have the people on the crew uh, the crew who are on the curse and then you have the families at home trying to find out what's going on with the curse and then you have scenes where NATO commanders um, from around sort of Europe and around the world were basically watching and listening, and so they'd more or less worked out what had gone on. Yeah. Um, but and tried to offer their help, and the Russians were saying, "No, we don't need your help. Everything's fine." And the Kursk was down there for no spoilers for ten days or more. So was this Cold then, War? Was this like the eighties? No, this was Putin's Russia. Oh! Oh! Wow. So it was in the last 20 years. I'm trying to think. The, I can't remember the exact date because um, right. I haven't got my laptop on at the moment. No, um, no, no problem. Today. No problem. But yeah, it was within the last 20 years. It was within sort of living memory of most people. Mm, yeah, I remember. And then basically the Russians finally admitted that, yes, there are people trapped on the Kursk and we can't get them. And a Norwegian and British crew basically set out to rescue them. But then they got there and they said, OK, we're ready to go down. And then the Russians said, no, we don't want you to go down now. We want you to hold off and wait for our command. And meanwhile, down on the curse, you know, those people are sort of suffering. Yeah. 
um, 2000 it was. We've just had a quick look. It was 2000 this happened. So, and meanwhile, down on the, in the, on the submarine, it's flooding. And one of the crew members has time. He basically sits and writes a farewell letter to his family. And they draw a press conference, these admirals, to, for the family and the people to come and watch. And one of the families is saying, you know, that what are you doing to actually save our, our family? You know, how dare you just sort of sit there and tell us that we're not Navy or we're not important when you're not doing anything to save them? Yeah. And I remember the press which she did this. This one woman, she was like re rebuking this general. And he was saying, shut up, woman. You know, just sit down. You're being aggressive. And then he signals. And then there's this woman at the back who comes forward and injects her. Oh, wow. With this sort of sedative. And she basically keels over in the middle of this international press conference and is carried out. And this is like a, a family member of one of the crew people on board. And I remember watching that press conference because you do, you see this woman with a syringe, lift her top, jab her in the back, and then she kills over. Good and Lord. And this is a, one of the family members of the crew. So I remember that happening. And they recreated that scene brilliantly. And then as the story progresses, basically, um, the, the Norwegian British crew descend to the sub and then they but it's too late. Mm. There's been an accident on board the sub and everyone on board has died. And so they then go to an a mission of recovery. But basically it's a story of how this this tragedy probably was entirely preventable. They could have got those men out much quicker, they've admitted that we need a problem. Um they refused on any aid and then they treated the families appallingly. <laughs> So, and it took them months before they could actually get the bodies out of the, the actual bring the bodies up. Is this is this an English? Is this a film in English? Yes, yes, it is. It's in English. Yeah, okay. it's got an international cast. It had Max von Sydow, who just recently died oh, yeah, this, yeah. this week. He's in it as one of the Russian generals, one of the Russian admirals. It's got Matthias Schnertz, who's oh, yeah. the, one of the Russian crew members, and it's got Colin Firth as what the British sort of. You should, you should see Colin Firth and Sharon's eyes sort of went up oh. a little bit. I think you must like Sharon. Because I noticed with the eye access in and it was like Colin, Colin, Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. And Matthias. And, 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 yeah. yeah, Matthias. <laughs> no, yeah, Matthias. Sharon has a long held involuntary reaction. To, <laughs> I do. I do. To, to Matthias since, um, Yeah, rust and bone. <laughs> <laughs> so, and bullhead, actually. Uh, so, yeah, they're a good cast. It was well done. It made me actually look at, I with, often with true stories, I like to immediately go and look up the real events. Mm -hmm. And I think, okay, have they Hollywood, had it would, sorry, Hollywooded this too much? Yep. Have they, they sort of cut it to make it look more biased in one way or the other? Um, but I, I looked it up and I, when I read about it, I thought, no, actually, they have actually tied up this pretty well. And they've shown respect for the families. Mm. They've shown respect for other men on board who were, you know, they were, they were from this town. Basically, it was a Navy town where young men, when they grew up, they joined the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> and so this had a devastating impact on their town. But they were, they were all sort of good, sort of loyal Russians and they were utterly devoted to the Navy. And yet they were completely and utterly let down. And I don't think anyone um, who, who was aware of the story at the time would think, you know, they, they've exaggerated these things that went on. They were that bullish about yeah. not accepting any help because mm. they were thus, this invincible sort of Mother Russia. And so I thought it was really well done. And I thought it was well played and it was sympathetic. And it, if, to me, it felt truthful. It felt like they had respected the memories of those men on board. All right. And... Yes, I tried to tell the story honestly. So I, I thought it was a very good, very good effort. How many stars? I'd give it a three star. Okay. I think, yeah, it is a, of a niche market. I don't think it's a populist film, but I found it interesting. I watched it with my brother. He liked it as well. We talked about it afterwards. Oh, where that's we were good. just talk about the, sort of what happened in it and the real events. So, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a strong three, but I'd give it a three. All right. With, it's interesting that with that cast, I've never heard of the film. But... Yeah, I think it did... It, Briefly came and went at the cinema. I remember it thinking, oh, I watched that, and then it never came. I, I, I yeah. seem to think, I mean, it was, I seem to remember there was a film called Kursk, like, you know, Too Fat or something like that. So maybe that yeah. might have been a different title that I saw under that. Yeah. So, but I remember something about it. I do, yeah. because I remember it, unless I'm just remembering the news. <laughs> yeah, it, it was on, it, yeah, it made international news headlines for. Well, but the whole time it was there because it was you know, it made big big headlines. Well, to be honest with you, I mean nowadays it's it's getting harder and harder to tell the the news from from movies, but it's yes. <laughs> but 
but um, especially seen as the world seems to be unfolding due to the due to the script of contagion. But never mind. <laughs> moving, moving on. Uh, we're going to go back to the cinema now. So that's the first round done. Onward versus Curse, the final mission. And now we're going to the second round. Ding, ding, ding. And um, switching this up a little bit, we're going to go with The Hunt. So the Hunt. We're going to go with The Hunt. Now, this is a film that I heard the title and thought, okay, that sounds like so much generic rubbish. I'm not going to bother watching it. And then I saw the trailer for it and I thought, oh, oh, this might, this might be good pulpy fun. And Sean, true to form, you went, instead of, you didn't just go that this could might be good pulpy fun. You decided to go find out if this was good pulpy fun. I did define <laughs> something out. I just liked the title. I knew nothing about this film um, <laughs> because it just, uh, I mean, in fact, I saw it yesterday, just yesterday, because I thought it was a choice of that or it was a Vin Diesel film called Bloodshot. Oh, fun. good Lord. And I thought, yeah, I thought, good Lord. <laughs> and then I thought, I'm going to see The Hunt. So I went to see The Hunt and if I could do a spoiler rant on this, it would be a really, really positive spoiler rant. It would be absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. So, Sean, well, Sean, you're making your homework is spoiler rants for Sacrilege and The Hunt. Okay. If I okay. do, it would, get... be, it would be two opposites, I have to say. So, you can probably guess I'm going to. Opposites make lot... opposites make things interesting. Make it happen. They do. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, yeah, this movie basically is a story. Um, starts off on an aeroplane and some people have obviously been drugged and they've been taken from different parts of America and Miami thing and they, they've sort of got names like you know um oh yeah what have we got like you know just names from where they are like yep. something a lot of swearing Sacramento you, got, you know yeah Sacramento yeah and all you sort of so so you got you, you know you've got names so, names to the states they, they're taken from and we, then what they've done is they're, they're all sort of put together in this field and they 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 like gag anyway, and then they have to. It's like a big box, and they, they, they these people all walk up to the big box, and then someone says, "Oh no, there's a trap!" But this film, right? Okay, oh, no, I can't put the spoiler in, but it's just. It's, hmm? I'm just thinking, what's that? Those Arnold Schwarzenegger film where they were like in a game. Yeah, no, no, running, yeah. Yeah. running man. This running man. That's but it. there was oh, just that I thought there was. But, but, but well, it, I would say five or six minutes into the film, and I thought, I am really, really, really going to enjoy this movie. <laughs> and it is, I thought, just about six minutes into the film, because I thought, oh no, they're going to follow the same trope. Oh no, they're going to follow it. And then, whammy, wow, okay, this is good. So, and, it, <laughs> and loads of things happen on the way, which is just like, really, well, okay, really, okay, because. Uh, because this is a this is a subgenre. This is part of the subgenre of films where you have the humans being hunted by other humans. So like, yeah. Shara, so Sharon mentioned the Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Running Man. There's the Jean Claude Van Damme movie Hard Target has a very yeah. similar thing. That was knocks, knocks spots off of them. I mean, I like the Running Man, but yeah. this knocks spots yeah. off the Running Man. Uh-huh. Um, Let's see. The, and the, uh, I know there was there was a Mary Van Beebles movie. There was the Michael. There was the David Fincher movie, yeah. The Game with Michael Douglas. So I don't. It's, yeah, all those things. It, it, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. Forget, forget all those. Forget all those. <laughs> oh, no, don't okay. mention any more, Tosin. Okay. Don't mention any more. This knock spots <laughs> off every single one of those. Um, oh. And but what's so great about? It, I mean, it is a black comedy. But what's really, really good about it? It's politically collect liberals going after conservative bigots. You know, so it's like a bit of a role reversal. You know, normally it's like the yeah. southern. Oh, boy, you know what I mean? Oh, oh, damn things and all that. But and there's even bits where it says, oh, you can't call them that now. You can't call them. You know, you're not allowed to call them. The, the people that are hunting, you know, yeah. no, you can't call them, not can't call them coloured anymore. You can't call them, you know. And so they're, it's really like, it's those people. And I mean, I love, I love the leading actress. I mean, she's, I mean, I, I don't really know much about her. Um, I've seen Betty, her in a few Betty things. Betty Gilpin, is it? Yeah, but yeah, I've seen her in a few things. She was in, isn't it romantic? But she's always so sort of like in the. She was in Stuber, and but she's always kind of in the background, and it's usually so sort of like you know a comedic relief character that she that I've seen her play, and even from the trailer from this, I was like, oh, oh, she's getting her action hero on. I like this. Mm. I like. I love her. She she goes up along the side of me with like Ripley and um okay. and Sarah Connor. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, I like and, those big tough and, chicks. Oh, and the girl from Ready or Not. Sorry, is that being a bit? And the what? Sorry, the girl from Ready or Not. Oh yeah, Ready or Not. I liked her as well. That was <laughs> good. Sorry, I oh, know. I mean, I liked strong 
Well, they, these days, I mean, it's good to have strong women characters, isn't it? And Hilary Swank's in it, and I love Hilary Swank. Yeah, she's, uh, is, is she's that, just great. You see, that, that's the thing. The, the trailer for this just intrigues the life out of me because, because people keep showing up and you're like, what? Hilary Swank said this? Oh my God, yeah, I recognize her. Wait, wait what is this film? <laughs> because, yeah, it, it is It is good. So, so you, you, but you said that it lives up to that trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah. I've not seen anything about this film. Yeah. I think it's it's been quite controversial. And I think, because, I mean, I had a little brief look afterwards because I was intrigued. And I think there's some people that are not particularly keen on it and some people that are. So that's always a sign of a good movie. And mm-hmm. I think it was put back, like, a long time as well because okay. of whatever. But, yeah, oh. the action sequences are great. There's no, there's no, well, I mean, it's just, it's a black comedy silly film, but I don't think there's anything silly in it. See what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that I, I. Uh, do you understand what I mean? It's not like. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially, it, it's 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 consistent. It logically makes it's sense. It's consistent. It yeah, follow, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, that could happen. Do you know what I mean? In that yeah. situation, that could happen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, also there was. A, I think I don't know if there was nods to other films in there, but I'm sure there was a bit of a nod to Kill Bill Two in there. I'm sure mm. that the, the, the last bit. But yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> just love some of the characters. Some of the characters are, are great. So, so, so how many I mean, stars? Basically, what, basically what it is, it's like a, a, a role reversal as well. There's lots of, well, I think it's a social commentary as well, to be honest. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, so. So how many so, stars yeah, would, you, uh, would, you, would you grace uh, this with? Super strong four. It nearly Ooh. got a five, but I haven't given a five. I don't think I've given a five yet. So this, this, this season. So, I mean, this was close. This was close. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this film and I would definitely be going to see this again. And I don't very often say that about too many things. So, oh, all right, okay. Top movie, top movie. Oh, all right, so and... I, I think some people might hate it, but I thought it was brilliant. It's Blumhouse, though, isn't it? So I mean, yeah, they, yeah, uh, they... yeah. She was great. That Betty Gilpin. I'm going to have to find out a bit more about. Yeah, her. Betty Gilpin. Yeah. The thing is, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine why some people would not like it, especially if it makes the the liberals the bad guys. I can, I can, I <laughs> yeah. can imagine why some people would not like it. I mean, I think I would have to see the execution of the film to see, but I think a film in which the liberals are the bad guys on its own, I'm a, I'm okay with that because I think people are bad, people are good. Full it doesn't matter what side they're on. But yeah. it's, a film that remind, reminded me of Toast. Sorry, just getting it. Did you ever see the Bel, Belkin Belco experiment? No, no. I did Where not. They, they, all right, okay. Well, yeah. It's, but, it's yeah, in but that it, sort of vein. It's, yeah, that sort of vein where it's kind of essentially people making sport with other people. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you, you might it'd be interested. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd like you guys to see it because I'd like you to take on it. You'd probably hate it. Uh, and, yeah. it. Well, I'll see if it's still around. I'll see if it's still, if, if, because it's already in cinema, so they're probably going to try and stick it out. I'll see if it's still around in the next week. All right. So, and now we go over to, um, back to Netflix and Friends. And we're going to talk about A Walk in the Woods. Now, A Walk in the Woods, uh, this is a film that, Sean, you saw it this week, but it turns out that Sharon has, uh, has actually also seen it. And, yes, I've seen this yeah. one. And as we, as I say, we are all becoming walking caricatures of ourselves. With this, this is a this is based on a book, which means yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so Sharon, do you want to tell us a little bit about where this comes from? That Sean can tell us what what his viewing experience was like this week. Yeah, this was um, based on the book by Bill Bryson, A Walk in the Woods. It's basically Bill Bryson is an American writer who lived for twenty plus years in Britain, and is married to an English lady. I just say yeah. in that as well. And for most of those years, he lived in Bournemouth. Yes. And he used to write for the Bournemouth Echo. <laughs> he was a Southern, yeah, he sort of yeah. lived Southern. And then he decided um, at a certain age in his life that he was going to go back and live in America for a while. Yeah. And part of that experience was like getting to grips with it. But he was, he'd retired largely from work. And he decided that as a challenge to himself to get out of the rut of just like dwindling into retirement, he was going to set himself this big challenge. And the challenge was basically to walk. Is it the Appalachian Way or something? Yeah. But it's one of these East Coast walks that basically is is known for um, it's sort of it's doable, but it's challenging. I mean, yeah. it's walking through miles and miles of woods. And when we think of a wood walk in the woods, we tend to think, you know, an hour you walk around in the woods and then you sort of see clearings at the end of it this is like hundreds and hundreds of miles of dense woodland and mountains and hazards it's it's all the way from like um uh massachusetts to you know georgia yeah it's it's hundreds of miles long and it doesn't go through it is it's just it's like wilderness basically yeah so he sets himself the challenge to do this and he's going to take 
his best friend who decides to come along. Now, Bill Bryce is played by Robert Redford in this film, yeah. <laughs> a casting that he's probably entirely flattered by. But he, <laughs> he takes his best friend along, and his best friend in this film is played by um, Nick Nolte in his most <laughs> best, where he's just... I like this I of life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he's the best friend, though, is he? You sort of turned up, because there's a little scene in it, you probably don't remember he's yeah. so long, but he says, oh, by the way, um, yeah, he says, oh, well, you come along. He goes, well, you didn't phone me. And he goes, oh, right, okay, he says, I heard about it from so-and-so, so-and-so. And he, he's just sort of invited himself along. But, yeah, you know, and they proceed yeah. to sort of, you know, make his presence felt, doesn't he, all along yeah. the way. And they sort of, basically, they sort of equip themselves, and then they set off on this walk. And like all walks, it's not about physical exercise. It's a journey into like, self-discovery. These sort of, There's comic encounters. There's um, a sort of, yes, self-discovery as they go along the way. And it's just... It's just a bit of a romp, really. The book's great fun to read as well, yeah. and it so, sort of picks up some of the height, some of the people they meet along the way. <laughs> they encounter other walkers. They encounter life in all its richness. It's awesome. So, you, but you saw it as well, Sean. Awesome. So, so yeah, sure. I saw it. Yeah, it was, I mean, the reason I watched this is because I like Bill Bryson. I mean, I read yeah. the book Made in America and Notes from a Small Island, um, and I thought, oh, and actually, a Walk in the Woods. I've actually read the book as well. Someone bought that for me. Um, so I thought, oh, because I didn't even know this existed. Um, and, I, and then I, I thought it was going to be like a, a documentary. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, oh, it'd be a documentary. And I mean, it wasn't at all. When I saw Robert Redford, I was like, well, and Emma Thompson. Yeah. Emma Thompson is his, his wife. I thought, wow, there's some big, big dudes in this. And then Nick Nolte turned up. And I remember Nick Nolte from a 60s film called North Dallas Fortney, which is mm-hmm. one of my top, top films of those ancient days. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah, so this is basically the story of, of the pair of them. You know, first of all, Emma, you know, his wife's like, no, I don't want to go and all that. But anyway, they end up going, and, and he really doesn't really want to to him to come to, be, to start off with. And they get to a stage sort of halfway through where he says, oh, let's have a drive. And he goes, no, I'm going to do it, man. And he goes, oh, well, I'm going to come with you. And they have these little moments where they talk, don't they? they have this, and fabulous scenery. And a couple of characters they encounter. There's a couple of like, oh, you know, do you want a hand? Do you want a hand? A couple of young, you know, quite these bucks. We can help you across the help you across the river. We'll take your packs for you if you want. And they're like, no, 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 no. We can do it. We can do it. Of course, they really struggle, don't they? Yeah. And so- there's this one one character who I really who they they come up with called Kristin Schaal. So oh yeah like, yeah the actress yeah I know her she's really cool the actress yeah and she sort of turns up as like a real bouncy <laughs> yeah. thing that tags along with them and then she's like telling them what, you know oh yeah what did you buy that pack how much you pay for that pack you know and they're yeah. going on and stuff like that so yeah this was this was um, quite a good fun movie really to you know uh, I, I quite enjoyed this I wouldn't say it was like brilliant or anything like that but you know it was an okay movie no yeah, it's enjoyable yeah, yeah my so... brother did like the rockies trail with one of his mates they just mm. went over there through to calgary yeah and then they walked the rocky mountains yeah. some of these trails yeah. and so i think he i watched it with him and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it and i enjoyed it as well and the fact that it was funny and it was Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so it's, it's, there's, it's there's. so Sean Sean from the description you just gave it sounds a little bit like oh uh, if you get what I mean a road movie where people walk yeah yeah it's pretty much yeah, yeah it's the a lot they go on an adventure the, and the do, people yeah. they meet and the places they stay and the conversations they have oh yeah you know? oh good stuff so yeah uh, yeah because I remember when this came out I, I, I didn't I wasn't interested enough to watch because I've never read any Bill Bryson I've read a lot about Bill Bryson but never actually read any of his yeah. stuff and um yeah and it sounded it sounded sounded cool so okay so how many stars would you give it I'll give it a three star three star yeah I'd give it a three star I yeah. think yeah, it's, it's entertaining it's fun but yeah three yeah but but I do you know it sounds to me like this is a film that was designed to be a three. I don't. I don't particularly think. That yeah. they, I don't. I don't yeah. think that they were having like, oh, we want to make a big treatise. It's like, no, no, we want to make something that you watch and you think, you know, maybe I've been there too, or yeah, that's what life is like. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true. Oh, nice tree. Well, you can just look at the scenery and go, yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, the scenery was nice. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Thank you very much. So that's a walk in the woods. That is our round two done. And now we come on to our final round. This is where it is, where if somebody's behind, they're going to have to come out swinging to... to... 
they're gonna come going to do something good and i we'll see what happens but we're gonna go back to cinema first and we're going to talk about military wives now this is a film that i think last week when we're talking about it sean kind of went yeah i'm not gonna watch that <laughs> and sharon went yeah i'm gonna watch that so sharon tell us military wise what's this about yeah i went to see this with my um cinema buddy Gemma. so we um saw that this week and military wives it's basically um set during the afghanistan war um that conflict which was quite costly um to british soldiers it was a war that dragged on and it was yeah, it was a difficult time, I think, for military families because it was the first time in a generation, basically, where uh, men were regularly deployed to a hostile environment, and there were well, there were losses. There were um, it was it was a tough time to be part of the military, and they and on this one particular base, um, they'd had suffered some losses in apart um, in Iraq and then in Afghanistan, and they decide that basically they need to do something for the the wives at home. Yeah. Uh, that it's that they are sort of struggling to sort of maintain their composure, and there's a, the RSM, the Regimental Sergeant Major, her what the wife of the RSM, it's her responsibility to basically look after, um, as the, he's the senior NCO on a base, mm-hmm. and it was her responsibility as the wife of the senior NCO because rank applies to the wives as much as to the actual their husbands yeah. or spouses because there's a few sort of same sex husbands and wives there and the wives and wives. And so it's the responsibility of the senior, um, the senior NCO's wife to to sort out the sort of the morale for, and to provide things to support the wives while their men are away on deployment. And this one particular deployment starts, and they say, "What can we do then for the women?" And they're like, "Well, we can have a coffee morning, and we can do awesome baking and handicrafts." And one of them says, "What about singing?" They're like going, nah, they're moving on. What about a knitting club? <laughs> and then it basically, they try these other things and nothing really gels. So they said, no, no, let's let's go with the, the, the singing. And so they form like this singing club. And as the story progresses, they basically um, get better. And they, so someone, a senior officer who's visiting the base um, hears them sing and it's like, I've got a great idea. Why don't you sing at the, remember, the Festival of Remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall? And so it's like, wow. So that's sort of the, the, they then sort of go into sort of preparation mode. But underlying all this is basically the story of the Afghanistan war as well. You've got an incident where they go on to, they say, comms are down. And basically when something's happened in Afghanistan, um, they shut down comms. So there's no phone calls, there's no internet, there's no email from their spouses. And that's normally an indicator either there's been an injury or fatality or some reason. But sometimes it can just be because they've been shelled and their communications are down for a while. So during one of these, and they get a phone call saying comms are down. And so just put people on an alert that there could be something going on. And one of these incidents you see when the comms are down, it's because there has been a fatality from someone on the base. And then you see basically the impact of what a fatality on a small base like this how it has, how it affects the family, um, the senior officers who've been, the senior officers' wives in this case, and the other members of the choir. And so you do see this sort of way that military families, especially the families that are left behind, yeah. have to deal with coping with, you know, the life yeah. at home. And so it was much more emotional than I thought it was going to be. We thought it was going to be like a light-hearted film about singing. But it actually deals with grief in quite a moving way. It deals with the challenges faced by, um, you know, spouses of deployed servicemen and women. And it sort of taps into, yeah, quite a lot of sort of deep-seated emotions that we were surprised by. But it certainly um, gripped us. And the singing was fun as well. So is this based on a true story? Yes, it's based on a true story. There was a television series called Military Wives, The Choir, with Gareth Malone, you know, yeah, happy they Yeah, that's what I was thinking series. because I remember they released a single that went to number one. Yes, because they were, yes. And they used that in this film, the fact that the, the, the song that went to number one was based on different lines and letters that yes. their husbands had left them. Yes. There's a tradition that you basically leave a death letter, a last letter. So if anything happens to you, that you get left a letter. Yeah. As well as normal correspondence. And some of the women said, well, actually, I've read my husband's death letter. I just wanted to read it. Mother said, I'm never going to read it. Even if he dies, I'm not touching it. But some of them, they wanted to have this idea of writing a song that reflected what they felt. Mm. So it's not the song they, the, the actual real military rights choir used, but they write a song based on 
on their letters. But yeah, the real story is there was this documentary. Apparently the choirs came first, so they formed this choir. Then they invited Gareth Malone to come along. Yeah. And they filmed the sort of... The bit the where he day. comes along. And when he comes along. But he, they, they don't mention Gareth in the film and they don't mention that Gareth was, you know, instrumental in the whole Festival of Remembrance performance. Yeah. But they do acknowledge at the end, you know, that the, the choir was formed and then the BBC drama series is based upon, was, you know, came second. Yeah. But... So they 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 they've blended sort of fact and fiction really, whereas yeah. So it, otherwise, it'd just be making a film about a deli- <laughs> about how the BBC <laughs> is a documentary. Like... So they put the focus back on the women very much in this film. It's yeah. Like, but yeah, okay, okay. There was this program with Gareth, but this is about the women and yeah. it's their story. So they they had they've sort of glossed over that aspect of it. Um, but yes, it is based on on that the real women and also the choir documentary that gareth malone did so how many but yeah that was huge yeah yeah i remember i remember it being a big thing at the time i re, i remember bit, i never watched the documentary but i remember the the i think i even bought the single even though i bought the yes, single. yes i for, think i've got it yeah I oh, oh i think it. i think i bought the single for my mum one of the way oh, it, yeah i think two. we got it because we watched the series and then we watched them at the festival of remembrance and then the, the whole phenomena of military wives choirs um, yeah. then became basically this global phenomena. Yeah. Started off as like this one small choir, and now there's something. There's there are nearly every country where there's a sort of a military. They have their own form of military wives yeah. choir, and there's sort of loads in this country, like eighty five, I think, or something, in Britain alone. Yeah. Nearly so, every military base has one. So, so with a cast that has like, let's say, was it Kristen Stewart Thomas? It has. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Jesse Buckley's in it. And um, no, Jesse Sha- Buckley's not in it. She isn't. No, Sharon. Uh, but there's Sharon Horgan in it. Sharon Horgan's in it. Yeah, I thought, I thought and in some the of the chaps you've got Jason Fleming and you've got Greg Wise as some of the the military chaps. I could have sworn um, I saw somebody in the trailer all... that looked like Jesse Buckley. Who was that? There's yeah. someone who looks like her, but yeah, yeah, she's, I know, I know Jesse Buckley. With like, well, with, a, no, with like curly, with a curly ginger hair, almost kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, she's not in it. There's another sort of ginger girl, but no, not oh, her. Maybe and I'm... um. There's one character I really liked because I remember her from The Detectorists, you know, a series that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And one of the detectorists is in this. And I was like going... Catherine yes, Parkinson? Yeah, the one with... The, I can't remember her name, but yeah, yeah okay. she was... All right. So how many, played. how many stars would you give it? I'd give it... I would give it a four star, actually. I, oh. I It really gripped me and I found it much more emotionally involving than I thought it would be. Had it just been about the singing, I probably would have given it a three. Because it added those sort of layers of about grief and about coping with absent, you know, spouses and dealing with sort of this sort of situation, I, I really moved me. And I think a lot of us in the cinema were like sniffing away during certain scenes. So yeah, I'd give it a four. All right. Uh, well, somebody did come out swinging in the final round, and now, <laughs> and, and now we get to see if Netflix can match that. And this is BoJack Horseman, the final season. Now, uh, oh, of, the final season, the final season of BoJack Horseman. So I think it's one of they've done one of these things where the last season, it's you know when you have a season six, part one or part two. I thought the last one was like you know the second to last season, but this is actually the second half of. I don't get it. I don't get this mid-season breaks that they do in America. Yeah. I just I just don't understand how they do things and why they do things that way. But um, yeah, so BoJack Horseman is is kicked off. And I've spoken about this show before, and uh, I mean, Sean, you spoke about it. You're the first one to speak about it yeah. on our podcast. Yeah, you... I, I saw the first series, and then yeah. I, I think some of the second. Yep. And then it sort of drift, drifted me by. Yeah. Like Peaky Blinders. <laughs> and you, you I were... never I never got much further than first yeah. three. I don't even know how many it was. I never because that was, you know I thought yeah. you watched four of them. Four probably, yeah. yeah. I did yeah. four. Yeah. How many have there been? Five. Is it right, okay. Anyway, yeah, Bojack Horseman. Bojack... Yeah, enough of Peaky Blinders. We've done that. We've done... <laughs> Right, okay. Yeah, so Bojack Horseman. Yeah, I did like it. I did like it. I did like it, and I probably will catch up with the rest of them later. How many se- seasons is this one? Uh, six. This six. six I think. Yeah, I think oh, it's, it ends up. It, this is six part two, and um, and honestly, I mean, this show, this show, I don't think that there's any show. I can't think of any show that responds as truthfully and as well to the real world as this show. When it comes to real world headlines, when it comes to things that are in the in the news. If it, if it was a big scandal in the news, you know that Bojack Horseman, the next season, is going to do something about it. And so the whole idea is that Bojack Horseman is this, 
he's in Hollywood or is it, he's in this weird version of Hollywood where there's animals and humans living side by side and all the animals like walk around on two feet and have hands. But it, it's, yeah, and he, so he's an old star from an 80s sitcom and it's all about how he's trying to sort of like live life in, in Hollywood now and pretty much every single Hollywood thing that you can think of, he has gone through like, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the sort of like random sexual partners, the 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 generally being a very nice person and each season has sort of followed him from one place to another and what I love is that they've actually made him grow throughout. So the when when the last season ended, it was it looked like he'd got to a point where he decided I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to change my life. And he did it in a way that felt right. Like he actually just had enough of of messing up the lives of people that he loved. Because that's one thing he came to the realization that all I do is mess up life for all the people who are around me, all the people who I actually love. And he decides I'm going to be a different person. And this kicks off with him. He's left Hollywood. He's teaching at uh, at a university somewhere. He's teaching acting, and he it it's. But what happens is his past. Even though he's tried to be, he's decided he's going to change and become a different person and a better person. His past has still caught up with him, and all the things that he's done in the past, which so and let's be honest, some of them are despicable. One of the some of the things that he's <laughs> done in the past are are despicable and despicable not even in a haha way, like despicable in a that's messed up way and it's they they they're, they're coming to catch up with him and he's kind of like no but i'm a good guy now you can't hold me for stuff that i did when i was drunk or when i was high or anything i'm a good guy now but it says no like, this stuff you have to reckon with it and i think it the the things it does there's characters in this that are analogous to real life characters there's one character called vance wagoner who is obviously mel gibson there's actually characters that there's people who show up to play themselves like real hollywood characters show up to play themselves in it just okay. so either to send themselves up or there's Oh, the um, for me one of the best ones is you know do you know the actress Marco Martindale? Not really. I don't uh, know. No, it doesn't. I'm not picturing anyone with okay. that name. Trust me, you would you will have seen her in something. So um, I know she played the she played a bad a person in if you ever saw the TV show Justified, but yeah yeah but the the whole thing about it is like in the in the show whenever they refer to her they never call her margot martindale they call her character actress margot martindale and the whole idea about it is that she's in everything and she's brilliant in everything but nobody knows who she is and they they have this cat they have this version of her in the show where she's an absolute terror where she goes to she she'll go and steal a car from nuns she'll go and blow things up like the fbi is after her because of some of the stuff that she's done and she is she and she plays herself in it, but she just sends herself up. Even though this is animated, she totally <laughs> sends herself up. She has things like, it's like, oh, don't worry. When you get to heaven, you won't find me there, but my movies will be there because everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's this great, and they have this, and it's very, very film literate as well. There is a bit that I think some people might not get, but anybody who knows anything about film will recognize the His Girl Friday. So you know His Girl Friday, how you have was it, it's is it Rosalind Russell? In His Girl Friday, yes, yeah, and Clark, I uh, know, and Cary Grant. And you know how they sort of like bounce off each other. They, they have these characters called Paige St. Clair, <laughs> Paige St. Clair, <laughs> and, and oh, oh, was it Maximilian something? And, and it's the way they bounce off each other. It is so spot on His Girl Friday. But they play these reporters that are trying to find out what Bojack Horseman has done in his past, and they're trying to sort of like track down this story. She shows them and she's like, "It's my wedding day." I don't like it. And she she has such great lines. Like, okay, one of them I'm not going to do it justice, but she goes, "Yes, mine was a story run as a star reporter of the reporter front page page." They called me because the name is Page <laughs> Page, and it's it's just so spot on. I think for film buffs, if you watched if you watched this season. Watch it. The, the the His Girl Friday points and the His Girl Friday riffs are inspired, are brilliant, are spot on. It's like the best thing. Like, you know, that sort of like fast paced talking and the use of language is the best thing I've seen mm. since His Girl Friday. The casting is brilliant. You will spend ages afterwards going online going, okay, who played that? Who played that? Who played that? <laughs> and there's quite a few surprises. You're like, oh my word, this thing is star studded. But I think it's mainly because of the storyline and it's because of the the um and it's because of the the treatment of hollywood issues and the treatment of some things that so it's the and where the show ends up it the final season it sort of like ends up that it essentially says there are consequences for your actions bojack there are consequences for your actions and it tries to find a way in which 
How can we deal with people who are problematic, who have done things that are bad in the past? How can we, is there any way of them getting redemption without totally absolving them of everything that they've done? And okay. Yeah. And deep. It, it's stupidly deep. <laughs> I mean, the show is stupidly deep for an animated thing with anthropomorphic animals. It is stupidly deep. And even the final scene is just so, oh, because it's, Oh, you have Bojack and every character. Yeah. Oh, good lord! I love this show. I love this show. I think I think this is one of the best things that's ever been animated. I said this when I spoke about the first part of season season yeah, six. Yeah. But you have people like um, well, with the Will Arnett playing Bojack. You have Amy Sedaris playing Princess Caroline, and Princess Caroline's the ending of her story is like almost tear jerking. You have Diane played by Alison Brie, or Mr. Peanut Butter. Oh, Mr. Peanut Butter is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the cast are on top form. I think it's brilliant, and I am going to have to give it a five. I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna have to give it. I just uh, I'm, I don't know whether it's just because it's about Hollywood, and obviously I have certain uh, or I'm interested in that sort of world. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that the way it's done, I think it's done in such a well. It's it's just so brilliantly done, and so brilliantly handled, and oh, the side gags. Oh, the, I could talk about. There's so many things you can talk about this, but I'll stop it there. I'll cut it off. I'll say that's it. Five stars for Bojack Horseman <laughs> season six. Five stars. Wow. Oh, yeah. Awesome. 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 Absolutely loved it. Right. So the only thing that's left to say is who we think has won this week. Did Netflix oh. do enough with that big, massive haymaker in the final round coming out swinging and hitting a five? What do you guys reckon? Oh, I, I thought it was pretty clear, and then it all sort of got muddled up towards the yeah, end. Yeah, that's, that, that's a sucker punch, but I still think cinema might have just nicked it. Sean, did yes, you? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, Sharon, you were going to say something? No, I was thinking, I was in my head trying to do the math, but I'm not very numerate. <laughs> So I would probably say I think it was Netflix or and friends who tipped it at the end there. Okay, Sh- Sean, did you used to be a math teacher? No. Oh well, maybe you should have been because you're right. You're dead. Oh. <laughs> you're dead right. Although it's really, really close. Altogether, all when you when you added everything up, Netflix had fours. I mean, no, cinema had fours all across the board, so it got twelve all over, which gave it an average rating of four. And cinema and Netflix and friends all across the board had an average rating of 11 which gave the no 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 oh. no 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 give them a total rating of 11 which gave them an average rating of 3.6 so yes okay. this this week it's cinema boy it was a close run thing it was a close run thing right so, so with the, yeah yeah carry on no, I was just saying with the with the virus, we might be it might be Netflix or Netflix next week. Yeah, Netflix versus itself. Yeah. It could be yeah, like a, it's like Netflix versus Corona. Shadow boxing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Netflix Corona. We yeah, it might happen that way. We'll see what happens with cinemas. It, they might close down, but I think we have. We let's see um, of the films that we have here that we can still talk about. We can talk about uh, well, we can talk about Little Joe. We can talk about Fantasy Island and Sean. If you want to see a film that's going to give you a uh, a, a mother, oh, oh. a mother of a rant, a mother of a rant. I, I, yeah, someone always told me because I mean I did think oh, I might go see Patsy Island, and then they said, someone said I wouldn't. No, sure, so, honestly, honestly. So I might have to see it just purely on that that fact. If, if you want, if you want something that's that's going to give you a a hefty hefty rant. Sea Fantasy Island. <laughs> because I saw it last oh. night and I have a rant. I have a rant. Brewing. Oh, I mean, oh right, okay. So yeah, That's interesting, but intriguing. It, yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, until next week, all that is left to say is a goodbye from me, and a goodbye from me, and a goodbye from me. We will speak to you guys next week. <laughs>